Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 7, Episode 12, titled, And the Rest is Drag. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one portly co-host. From the Bloody Podcast Network, please say... I need a smoke and a nap. To Lori Roggenkamp. Hello, Lori Roggenkamp. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> what did you think of that hilarious clip I pulled from the episode? Oh, so funny. I mean, did you like my Pearl impersonation? Yeah, that was really good. I, yeah. I, you know, you've been anti-Pearl for a while. Are you still anti-Pearl? I feel like I waver on Pearl. I was mm-hmm. anti-Fame. Oh, that's I feel right. Like I, yeah. I feel like I waver on Pearl. I waver on everybody. Like, mm-hmm. I wavered on Kennedy uh, this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Like, when she was doing her... We'll, we'll get into the, the obviously uh, produced overproduced uh, uh lunches that she did what <laughs> they with oh, the, the... the tic-tac lunch oh there's so yeah. much of this episode that's overly produced but you know laurie but I yeah got, i wavered on everybody i gotta tell you something laurie is you and i have been on this journey okay for since early october the beginning of october you and i started recording wow the recap of season seven you know, we did twice a month, and now this is the last episode. It's the end of February, and it's the last episode. And I did the same thing with Taylor, but Taylor and I did ours weeks ago. And with that, we had a lot of Patreon supporters who, you know, helped us along the way, and they were there for us along the way. So I, even though I'm done with merch, okay? I'm done with merch. Uh-huh. Last week, I was like, you know what? I want a way of saying thank you to the people who supported us along the way. So I had some special stickers made. Uh, I guess it's going to really commemorate Season 7. I should find a way to commemorate Season 5 with Taylor. But, Lori, just less than an hour ago, the the stickers came in. Do you want to see them? Yeah. Here you go. Look. Anyone who supported us in exclusive tier... We'll now get these stickers. And by the way, they're dyed, they're they're like <laughs> jewel cut stickers. So when you peel it'll just when you peel off the sticker, it'll just be j- me and Lori here. It'll be me and Lori. The the rest of it comes off. So you can I, have this. I feel like we look like yeah. our mother and father were brother and sister. <laughs> I what's so funny is I don't know how, in a way that this artist did it, he made me thinner than I am in real life, but yet grosser. My mouth looks so weird in that picture. Mm-hmm. Look, I think he did a good job as far as, like, the representation. He did... The artist worked with what he got. I mean, yeah. that's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every... Every, <laughs> every yeah. sticker that you have sent me, mm-hmm. I have wanted to get a copy of i'm good with that one i don't need a, a copy uh, no no i'm gonna i'm gonna send you this sticker i'm good you don't need to send it are you sure I mean, you know what i'll do is i'll just i'll put it to the um the, the i'll put it to the the tape it to the door of my aunt's room so that way when she looks at it she has to see yeah, what do you think you're... And I think I'm going to send the people in the exclusive tier all the extra... Any remaining stickers that I have, I'll divide up evenly among the exclusive tier people. Uh, all the remaining merch. I want to be done with merch. 
What's funny, one of the reasons I got this, maybe I'll do it with... You know what I'll do? Oh, this will make Taylor so happy. This will make Taylor so happy. I'm going to take one of his drawings that he puts on Instagram, and I'm going to turn it into a sticker. And people will get that. Let's vote. Let's let's find the most ridiculous one. You Whether, should probably ask him, because I feel like he probably would want to pick which one. No, I don't know. He doesn't get to pick. I'm paying for it. I'm going to do like maybe like the cr- <laughs> the crying koala or something like that, where we'll take one of his drawings and make it into a sticker. Because he he's been doing this contest, not I don't know if it's a contest, but like a, like a, an art project where he has it's somebody been like a goal, hasn't it? Well, no, it's, it's it's a formal thing that he's doing. Somebody assigns him these assignments, and so they'll say you have to draw a crying koala or like a a, a dancing wallaby. Oh, he gets assigned it. Uh, Jimmy oh. Anti, I think, is quoting me where he says, "I'm done with merch. I am done with merch. I think I'm going to stop doing merch. I am no. The only reason I've done this merch, Jimmy." <laughs> oh my god great idea for merch the only reason is before i was done with merch um they had a sale at the company that does the sticker stuff the sticker right here they yeah. had a sale where uh, like 75 dollars for a hundred dollar gift cards i'm like well I'm, I'm buying all these stickers merch is going to be the biggest thing here i might as well get these stickers and then i was like oh how do i spend the money on this? I, st- I still have 60 dollars left on the gift card so um $60? Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy, you want any? And do you want any Jimmy merch? I'll just use the gift card on that. What do you want? Um, and we'll just send it to you. So uh, anyway, Lori, how have you been? You know, were you sad finishing up, wrapping up season seven? I was, because I feel like it's like one of those things where it's just always been in the back of my head of like, oh, season seven exists. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it was an interesting season. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were some definite stars and there were some definite people that I was like, I don't understand why you're there. And mm-hmm. uh, and then also Sasha Gray was there. You so know? Sasha Gray so. from the X-Men? No, no, no. Oh, no, is it, wait, no, wait, wait, no, no. Sasha Gray is a porn star. Is a no, straight Sasha- porn. <gasps> Lori, do you watch Sasha Gray porn? Isn't she like the smart, straight porn star girl? Who was the girl? Sasha. What was her name? Sasha Bell. Sasha Bell. That's mm-hmm. how I get her confused. With. Yeah. Um. I also suck at names. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I kind of had a. Uh, I have a bigger appreciation for drag as a performance art, and I kind of saw differently, like what what it takes to be good at drag, mm-hmm. and also like what that that there's like vastly different forms of drag. Yeah. So it kind of to me makes it seem like RuPaul's Drag Race is almost like a comedy competition mm-hmm. in that it really is hard to pick because it's like you could get like a Joe Batance who does like uh I'm fat jokes. You could get a Lori Roggenkamp who does I'm fat jokes. Uh-huh. You know, or you could get like um Jimmy Anti, who does no jokes about yeah. himself. What do you think, Jimmy? Yeah. Now, Jimmy's one of the personalities on Afterthought Media. He's on the Rumor Mill, and also on a forthcoming to be named a look show. In fact, the reason Jimmy's here in the Crowdcast, Lori, is how I'm trying. That? How do you get it? Oh, I'll tell you. It you was dramatic. No, it was dramatic. But I, I, I'm trying to show him all the uh, the features here on uh, on uh, on uh, 
on uh, what is this thing called on Crowdcast. Like people, like Jimmy, try asking a question. He says, "Ask a question." There, um, guys, if you're not watching this Crowdcast. There's so much amazing stuff you can do here where you can watch our shows live. So when you ask a question, Jimmy, or when someone asks a question, now he asks, how big? Now, when I start answering the question, like right here, anyone who goes later, they can jump immediately to the spot in the question where I'm answering the question. The how, the how big? I don't know. What do you think he's talking about, Lord? He's want to know how big our waist is? Does he want to know how big of a penis I have? How many big of a penis I can take? How big of a penis you can take? How big of a penis can you take, Lori? <clears throat> well, my girlfriend and I have uh, have been working on this dildo for the past year. Building it or putting it inside? Uh, of we've been ears? building it. Yeah, yeah, we've been constructing it yeah. from uh, to uh, from fingernails. Mm-hmm. So that's why I keep biting my fingernails as I'm just working on this dildo. Mm-hmm. No, we've been trying to get it into me because I've never had a penis inside of me. So <laughs> we've been working on How, getting wait, it in. Wait, hold on. This is, this is what's great about these shows is that like I I make a dumb joke and we get a, a great answer. How, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna approach this question as, as delicately as I can. The first time you tried, how deep did it get into you? I am telling you, I I'm trying to figure out how I can prove like what I can use. There's so many things. All right. Oh, you're gonna show me. So imagine this is the head. Okay. This part. Imagine this part is the head. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then this is the shaft. Mm-hmm. So I have been trying for a year. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking that I'm like here. Okay. Okay. Like the last time we did it, I thought for sure I'm here. Mm-hmm. I have yet to get past the head. I'm still. Wait, I'm wait, always wait. here. What happens? It's different colors too. No, no. <laughs> so you can tell. Wait, where I have. At. Wait, I have a question. I have a question. Because I'm just going to ask this right now. Because we are here here on Crowdcast. Do you have the dildo there? I do not. No, <sighs> Star has it. Fuck. I'd want to see it. Do you have any sex toys Next, there that we could see? I don't. Next time Star is next time Star's here, I'll ask her to bring it and leave it, and I'll, then I'll show you. But I'm telling you, I get to like here, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, it's got to be because, I mean, my vagina is a very dainty vagina. <laughs> but the but the vagina was meant to pop out a baby. I would think it could take. Do you think you're just? You know what I no. think you need to do. And I'm not even being funny. I think we need to. Get, I swear to God, if you say meditate. No, 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 no. Okay. I think we need to get you some poppers. Uh, poppers are amyl nitrate, like a drug. Hmm. Poppers and amyl nitrate, it comes in a little bottle. It used to be, um, well, I don't know what it is now. I think, is it still VCR cleaning fluid? I don't know. I, I don't use poppers. But you take this little this little bottle, and you go, and what it does is it gives you this weird, like, high, like you feel lightheaded. But it what people claim, that's why bottoms often take it, is that it relaxes everything. And so you can take more. You can. That's why bottoms will take it, so that it relaxes their shrinkter, if you will. And allows them to take more. But um, I think we need to get you some poppers and you can try it. Pretty soon you'll have the entire. All right. So we'll get we'll get Lori some poppers. Maybe in the exclusive tier. If uh, Dr. Humble Pie, executive producer, could take a note that we need to get Lori poppers. 
and then you can report back to us after the next time. I think next time Star will be putting her fist up inside of you with enough poppers. That was her. That's her plan. She really is it really? Oh, she wants to. But I'm like, well, I mean, if I can barely get not even part of a dildo up there, I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'm going to be able to do. You know, so be able to do what? Get a fist up there. This week, the girls have to perform in a music video to RuPaul's Born Naked. Candace Kane choreographs. Kennedy uses the R word. Violet knew she was going to be the winner. Pearl doesn't want to talk about her childhood. RuPaul thinks she's the nutty professor. And Michelle Visage does her best impression of RuPaul. In the end, all the queens lip-synced yet again to the song Born Naked. But after all was said and done, Kennedy Davenport was asked to sashay away. On the grand finale, RuPaul named Violet Chachki, much to Lori's surprise, as the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7. Lori, named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Um, I would say I liked the I liked the outfits for the most part. I thought there were some outfits that I thought... Look, I think Violet Trotsky is... I think she just knows how to, how to wear... how to walk a runway and what to mm-hmm. wear for a runway. Mm-hmm. Even though... Um, What's-her-face was like, I don't think this is your best drag. And that's my impersonation of her. Um, but I think you don't know her name. What's her name? Michelle Visage. Yeah. Okay. So um, I I think that she just is has phenomenal awareness of of what makes her look good and and all that jazz. Um, so I like that. I really liked the. I thought the pieces where they did the um, they talked about. Their past, for the most part, was good. I thought it was very sweet. I thought it was sweet that they, in the finale, when they did this, they had the people do the shout-outs, when they had the people, you know, the moms and dads say, like, we're here for you. I thought that was very sweet. Mm-hmm. It was just nice to kind of get, um, you know, kind of get to know them a little bit more. Uh, I'm shocked. Are you talking about the finale, reason. or are you talking about episode 12? I thought we were doing both. We're doing both, but just when you when you go back and forth, tell us what you're talking episode about. Episode 12, yeah. Episode 12, the, the lunch where they... I mean, even though it was heavily produced, and we'll mm-hmm. get into it. But I felt like that was good, and then the... I liked that part. And, and then the finale when they did... They had the friends and family shout-outs when they mm-hmm. did the videos. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked that Violet Chachki's name is Jason. That shocked me. What did you think... You, what did you want it to be? Like... Farfig noodle, like something fancy. Okay. So wait, let me get this straight. So to you, the name Farfig noodle is fancy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go on. And then what was the one um, thing you didn't like? I didn't like how produced it was. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so heavily produced, and I just felt like a little bit of a disconnect, where I felt like they were trying to ramp up the emotion. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that RuPaul was delivering as being receptive. For example, one of the things we'll get into, I don't even think she was in, I don't think she was there for as much of the lunch as they made it seem like. Because there were times where she would, the they always cut to RuPaul's look, and then the, and then the drag, and then the queen talking, and then RuPaul's look, and then the queen talking. So I think, honestly, I think they probably had the queen talk to like a producer, and then RuPaul just was like, okay, okay. Like, it was just really weirdly cut. So, 
So I'm here for a production conspiracy theory, but that one it that would take more work because you you see them multiple times in master shots talking to RuPaul. So you're let me get what you're saying but here. Only minimally. Only a little bit. Like I don't know. only for I like a little bit of time. I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I agree with that. I think RuPaul is there for it. Now we have a couple of questions here before we go to my stuff. Um Drabel wants to know if I was there. Oh, sorry. Uh, so Drable wants to know if I was there for this finale. Yes, it was actually the second finale I went to, but it was the first one we had been recording uh, season seven. So it was the first one that I went paying attention, trying to pick up things that I could report on for the show. We weren't covering season six. So I just went to season six as just a, a spectator, which I, I'm always there as a spectator, but I was not really clocking what was going on as much as season seven I was. And I'll, I'll talk about it when we get there. Um, Jimmy Anti, oh, Jimmy Anti wants to know, do you think maybe, and this is directed at you, Lori, that they're just bad at editing, which is sort of what I kind of think. I think they're really bad at editing. That seems like a lot of work. Like, why would they do that with having, having RuPaul come into a master shot, talk to them, but then get up and leave and talk to a producer? No. See, here's what they do. I mean, we can get into it. We can get into it now or we can get into it later. Let's get into it now. Okay. I want to to get into it now because we're answering Jimmy's question anyway. All right. Literally. All right. So here's what they do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. RuPaul literally goes, um, uh, okay, uh, you know, um, she, she has the, she has each queen come in master shot, right? Of them eating lunch together. Mm -hmm. She says, hi. They go, oh, that she says something like, I'm excited for you to be in the show. They say, thank you. She offers them a Tic Tac. Mm -hmm. They leave. Okay. Okay. All right. Then they pre-write like very stiff, very like um, automatic things for her to say. Okay. They do like a lot. A a producer does a long, way longer interview with the Queens and they right. just figure out they go through and they figure out where they can put the the these pre-written um mm-hmm. things and then boom they're done i do, honestly don't feel like rupaul even sat sat in the was in the same room with but them but my question to you is why would they do that what my question to you why is would why they would they do that yeah. i think cuz rupaul didn't want to be in the room with you're, them. so you're i don't saying- think she gives a shit about them Okay, wait, hold on here for a second. So, hold on, hold on. So, here's what we're going to do. So, uh, let me do a couple, just one little thing here, because I have to settle this, right? Because this sounds ridiculous. It's the, Lori, here's the funny thing. I feel I am the queen of crazy rules drag race production conspiracy theories. Okay. But I am telling you right now that this is next level cuckoo bananas. But let us. I know. But hold on, hold on. Here's what I'm going to do. In fairness to you, and we can talk about this. In fairness, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share my screen, okay? Okay. And uh, I'm going to do... Here we go. We're going to watch this. Uh, Okay. Here we go. It's not going to show in HD on the screen for you guys, but I'm sure you guys will deal. All right. So here's the... Okay, RuPaul, she's doing this. Kennedy, darling. Here comes Kennedy. Sit down. Are you hungry? I'm juicing now. I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> now, this was your first time audition. Oh, really? Yeah, I just see a blank... I see the rest is drag, but I just see a blank screen. I wonder if iTunes has it so that you can't see it. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. 
I couldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they have it. Okay, do you hear the audio then? I do. Yeah. For the show. Yes, ma'am. And what took you so long? I was always okay. So right now they're talking. They're doing. I just didn't have the the time really. And then like after losing my dad, it was that like, just seems like a lot of work. Then they have to get RuPaul in here to like my dad like fake October. reacting. Wouldn't that be so much more work? But if you look at her, res- if you listen to her responses, her responses are very generic to what the the contestants saying. These people are crying and they mm-hmm. are telling even in Kennedy Davenport's they are they are bearing their souls to them. Mm-hmm. And RuPaul's like, "Well, that is just I am you know, like what did uh I think Pearl was just something like, I just I went through hell to be proud of who I am." And RuPaul was like, and I am also proud of you for who you are. See, you know, uh, it's just like so bland. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want to know what the honest, like, practical truth is that I think it is? Is I think the reason you're seeing this, and they have the master shot, and the reason they have to do the cutaways has nothing not to do with RuPaul not wanting to uh, be there for the. Um, uh, sorry, also drag race um, has nothing to do with that. Has to do with. I have them right here. We can do we can do them actually right here. Uh, we'll do it again. But it has to do with they RuPaul is if you remember RuPaul season one, they were using all this Vaseline on the glass. So RuPaul wants to have basically her own lighting, her own camera, so they can have the right lens and filter on it. So she wants to be lit and filtered a certain way. And then the other queens, they're not gonna get that because it would look weird. So they want to have so the reason you're seeing the cutaways isn't because RuPaul doesn't want to be there. She wants to be lit and shot a particular way and doesn't want to be shot the same way the other queens are because she realizes she'll look like shit. So we can actually do it again. We can do it again. Um, I'm going to pull this out and we're going to share the screen. Do you, what, no, you know what? We're not going to go through all four. Is there one in particular you want to look at? The pearl one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's look. Well, the poor, okay. So the pearl one to me is an, a perfect example of like it being produced because one, if you look at what Pearl says, she doesn't actually say anything, and she's like, "I don't really talk a lot about my my life," and I well, feel like I really opened up, and it's like, "No, you didn't say a goddamn thing." Oh, darling, welcome to lunch. Thank you. Do you see it? Did you really think you'd make it this far? Uh-uh. You didn't. Have Do you, you see Pearl? Yourself? I surprised myself yeah. coming okay. in here and retreating. See, so I think look, I'm gonna pause it right there. I think what you're looking at here is see. Notice how Rue's lit a certain way, but Pearl doesn't have the same lighting. That's why they're doing the different cuts because Rue Paul wants to be lit in a certain way that's the most flattering to her image. And by okay. the way, but by, by the way, look that this actually this actually just proves it. Look at the master shot. She asks him a question, and he's directly talking to her. Look. I surprised myself. Look, he's talking to her. And retreating. No, he's talking to her, but you don't know if he's saying the actual words. That's being done. That could be dubbed over. Lori, that seems. Also, you're proving my point. She wants to be lit perfectly, so she has she has her 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 shots where she's lit perfectly, and then she just goes off and fucks off and does whatever. And the other person has to has to do their own stuff. I guarantee you, a producer is sitting in the seat when they're when they're talking to quote unquote RuPaul. No, I think that look. See on her RuPaul's left ear. I believe there's an earpiece, right? There's an earpiece. Oh, everyone knows RuPaul wears an earpiece, and the producers tell her what to say and ask. 
Okay. They always hide it. Oh, okay. So the, I think there's an earpiece in her left ear, her left ear. What would be our, the ear on our right side? Which is just sad because, I mean, it's such generic questions. Yeah. Jimmy thinks you're going to take the loss here. Lori, well, Drabel wants to know what your other conspiracy. Lori wants to know. I mean, Drabel wants to know what your other conspiracy theories are. Well, I feel like we agree in that. I feel like uh, so, throughout this episode, especially with Miss um, mm-hmm. Kasha, Kasha Davis, and mm-hmm. I feel like Katya too. I feel like the producers sort of wrote the episode to sort of reflect. Um, you know, like I felt like they were doing well, and then all of a sudden the producers on the episode, they get eliminated. All of a sudden, magically they're struggling like uh, with Kasha date, Miss Kasha Davis with the th- whole thing about her mispronouncing that word when she was hosting Welcome. the word show. Welcome. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, and they made a huge, excuse me. And the, <clears throat> the judges made it. I think they wanted, they needed to make a big deal out of it because mm-hmm. they needed to vote her off. And I feel the same way about Katya with the, with the best friends one where they were like, Katya had been killing it this whole time and been doing better and better. Mm-hmm. And then magically now she's like, this is like her un- undoing, mm-hmm. you know? And I think they did the same thing with Max when Matt, when they had showcased Matt and they made it seem like Max had, had done this whole thing where, you know, when Max had to like take off his, um, uh, what should we call it? Corset. Mm-hmm. They made it seem like Max was crazy. And this, mm-hmm. so I think they do that in order to kind of justify. So I don't think they necessarily pick people based off of the performance on that week. I think they pick people based off who they think should go and who they think should stay. And then they mold the show to fit what, how the reason why they're sending them home. In classic Lori filibuster way, I have no idea what you're talking about. What's that to do with the cutting bit between RuPaul and the other person? But let's move on. Let's move on. I'm not going to even give you my two things and whatnot. After Katya's elimination, Ginger cries about Katya leaving, and the editors patch together a bunch of random moments to make it seem as if the girls are fighting. The next day, Michelle Visage walked into the workroom to announce this week's Maxi Challenge. For your final four challenge, you'll be starring with RuPaul in the official music video for Born Naked. Ah! Hashtag Born Naked. In a few moments, you'll be dancing with choreographer Candice Kane. And then you'll be acting with director Matthew Anderson. (laughs) Oh, and I hope you're hungry because you're each invited to one last meal with Mama Ru. Yes. This is definitely not a time to be half-stepping it, ladies. Because tomorrow, one of you will be eliminated and edited out of the final video. I know you guys aren't hearing anything, but it's because I have to. I didn't put in. I'm right now the time. All right. <laughs> Michelle Visage is so funny. Oh, <laughs> anyway, man. later in the workroom, Candace Kane choreographs the Queens. Violet doesn't know who Cheryl Teagues is. Ginger and Violet have words because Violet doesn't seem to care to improve. And Pearl and Violet annoy Kennedy and Ginger by being all young and full of energy. Lori Rockenkamp. Okay, give us your thoughts here. What were your thoughts here? Let's talk about the cold open. Where Ginger cries about Katya leaving, and oh, I want to talk about this. So okay, so Ginger's mad that her friend Katya left. All right, who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm sure she's not sad enough to, to leave. You know, she's not that sad. No. But that fight that they had, let's, you know, what's so funny? We're in a springboard. And I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, uh, person on production fighting. Right? That fight was so 
faked in editing because you can tell oh, yeah. if you watch it, you can tell that what they're really bitching about is the judging. But they cut it to make it seem as if the girls were fighting with each other. But what they're really talking about is the inconsistency of the judging. That the judges are saying one week, or maybe they're maybe or maybe it could be production. It could be that they're bitching about that. You know, we want to see you so, but they've been giving them acting challenges the whole time, or vice versa. They're having a conversation like that, and they cut it up to make it look like the girls are fighting with each other. But it, the cho- the editing is so choppy, you can tell that we're not seeing the reality of what was discussed. What do you think about that, Lori? I I do. I will say this: I didn't think about it that way, but I I thought it was weird that they almost seemed to be kind of piggybacking on what the other person was saying Mm -hmm. and sort of not necessarily because like when you when like you argue with somebody you argue to their face yeah and it didn't really seem like they were arguing to each other's face they were sort Mm -hmm. of just kind of projecting out yeah and i thought i was like that's weird that you know like ginger minge was like this isn't a sewing competition and then (laughs) kennedy davenport was like yeah, I mean, this isn't a, you know, this this is a pro- about performance and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, like, and then it was just kind of like, yeah, it was weird. It yeah. made no sense. It was so, it was so choppy. It was, Where it if, was so choppy, yeah. And what's so, funny is... But that is, makes perfect sense. Yeah. What's funny is if they really were having an argument among themselves, they would have totally highlighted it because there was so little content on this episode. They would have been like, oh, my God, something to put in the show. And they would have stretched yeah. it out to, and take up time somewhere else. Because there was so much... The, they did yeah. that when uh, Kennedy and, and Ginger Minch called out uh, Violet at the end when they were putting oh, on yeah. their makeup saying that she wasn't mature. Yeah. Which, to prove our, both of our points, Ginger and Kennedy both stop and stare at, at Violet and, like, point at her, which is something they didn't do when they were, like, supposedly arguing. Yeah, you could tell they were really talking there. But, you know, even yeah. then, even on that – we'll talk about when we get to that conversation. I think that that conversation – was a version of what they talked about but violet who we know does have a very short temper was so calm about it that i feel there was a lot we were missing there not that in other words they took the we'll talk when we get there we're getting ahead of ourselves and falling into your traps now there's not much to what michelle she just announced the main challenge it's whatever right but i did squeeze all of the workroom material into one bit and uh so candace kane choreographed the queen's there really wasn't much to this. Uh, Ginger was afraid of doing choreography, and then she turned out to be okay. Vibe didn't know who Cheryl Teagues was. What do you feel about that? What do you feel about Vibe's a millennial, about people not knowing people from the past? Um, I I agree with I agree with Can, uh, Candace Kane. I feel like it's really it's like it's one of those things where mm-hmm. that's something that I don't necessarily feel like should be an excuse. For example, like if somebody were to tell me if I didn't know who Cheryl Teagues were. My first response wouldn't be like, oh, I was born in 1992, so I shouldn't have to know who she is. My first response would be, I'm going to go look up who Cheryl Teagues is. Mm-hmm. Well, because you know, if yeah. that's somebody I should know, then yeah. What's particularly egregious about this is I could see if it was you're talking to a random 22-year-old down the street, right? Yeah. But this is Violet Shotsky who prides herself on reading only fashion magazines and loving fashion and models. And Cheryl Teagues was one of the first supermodels. So yeah, you're born in 1992, but it would be like, I wasn't born when the Beatles were around, but if I was, well, first of all, that's a ridiculous one, but let's say I, I claim to be like really into music. You should know who some of these big artists who came right before you were born were right. Yeah. So if you're really into fashion and really into, um models and whatnot 
I don't think you get a pass on this one. Even though, again, if it was just... Like, I wouldn't expect Evan, who's roughly the same age as Violet Tchotchke. I don't expect Evan to know who Cheryl Teagues is. But Evan doesn't claim to be a fashionista and to be a, a, want to be a supermodel. Does that make sense? I agree. I think I also will say this, that I feel like this comes up later on in another... My point comes up later on in another context. But mm-hmm. I feel like I would normally give Violet a pass because I felt like people were maybe a little too harsh with her at the at the first... In, um, idea that she didn't know who Cheryl Teagues was mm-hmm. and they were because I don't technically know fully well who she is yeah. I mean it's one of those things where but then like you said I'm not a fashion I mean you know I feel like I have fashion sense mm-hmm. obviously but I'm not a fashionista yeah but um, but then I feel like Violet like kind of did herself a disservice by saying well I was born in 1982 mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter and I feel like when you when you kind of, when you double down or when you sort of make a dumb uh, assumption or a dumb explanation, I feel like that opens yourself up to ridicule. And so mm-hmm. I feel like she opened herself up to ridicule. Mm-hmm. It's like if you, if she had just been like, oh, I should know who that, I should know who that is. I feel like I would have been like, yeah, we should all back off. Mm-hmm. Like she'll learn who it is. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. She was very indignant. So, yeah, I feel like that, the. This final episode was the first episode where I was just, I didn't really feel like Violet Trotsky, I didn't really like her all that much. Mm-hmm. I've actually not disliked Violet Trotsky this whole season. Mm-hmm. There have been moments where I felt like she may have gone gotten too angry, mm-hmm. but this was the first episode that I was like, I feel like Violet Trotsky's a little kind which of is, a bitch. Which is so funny because I feel that this episode is trying to make you see how much she's grown because we know that she's going to win. So yeah. they're trying to show you, well, Violet's kind of grown in a way. So look at how much she's grown that she didn't take the bait when Kennedy was trying to get her mad. Which, now that I think about it, that could have been, remember, oh my god, I didn't even think about this. Remind me to talk about pageant girls when we get to the elimination day. Um, all right. Also, now Ginger and Violet going on with this. Ginger and Violet have words because Violet doesn't seem to care to improve. That was another weird moment too. But th- you know what? I'm going to jump into my theory here now. You know, concurrently with this season, I've been covering with Taylor the Latte Boy season five. Okay, and at the end of season five, uh, Roxy is trying to get under Jinx Monsoon's skin. Okay, and. Okay. Alaska in a confessional says, Oh, these pageant girls, you know, Jinx is falling for it. Roxy is doing what these pageant girls always do, and that they intentionally fuck with their competitors to get in their heads, hoping to throw them off their game. Right? Yeah. To get them upset, or, you know, so they, that they can win the pageant. And so they, Alaska says Roxy's doing it to Jinx to try and throw her off. And now that I think about it, because this is the first we've ever seen Ginger and Kenny do this, but Ginger and Kennedy are pageant girls. I think they saw Violet as their competition and they were intentionally needling her to get her off her game. Because if you think about it, it is a weird conversation that Ginger and Violet have in the workroom. So they're obviously working on their scripts for the acting challenge while one of the girls is in the Tic Tac lunch. And they're doing yeah with the producer and RuPaul hiding behind a scrib. So... Um, yes. Yeah. Like the Wizard of Oz. So... Um, so, you know, I, let me see. Who's not there? I think Kennedy's not there, right? So Ginger starts... So K- Kennedy's doing her Tic Tac lunch, and Ginger starts in on Violet about how... 
Because Ginger, wow, I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, Ginger's trying to fuck with Violet's head. Because Ginger just says out loud, apropos of nothing, like, yeah, I'm scared of choreography, but um, I did pretty well today. And, 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 you know, but I'm good at acting. Violet, you know, you're not good at choreography and you're not good at acting. What are you going to do? And Violet, you know, they, they have words, you know, and Violet starts to debate her point. And I think, but I think, but I think Violet seems unfazed and unrattled by Ginger, but I think that's exactly what Ginger was trying to do. What are your thoughts, Lori? See, I kind of disagree because I feel like Violet, this whole competition is sort of not really accepted or has kind of been ignored from criticism because mm-hmm. uh, there have always been glaring uh, people in the workroom who are worse off than she is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this final episode, you know, sh- now it's just her Pearl and ginger and uh Kennedy Davenport and ginger minge. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, she is going to be looked at. She's going to be scrutinized. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a little, um, prima donna-ish to sort of cop an attitude mm-hmm. you know at this stage in the game at mm-hmm. the fact that somebody's like hey yeah you've been called out for not being 100% great on acting and 100% great on dancing mm-hmm. how do you think you're gonna do and instead of just saying like oh yeah you know it's I've gotten this far or whatever she just is like uh well what I, I'm just gonna win that's what I'm gonna do like it's just it was such a weird but to what me it- I felt like it was like a little bit of a, I don't know, a little pissy. Well, it's so funny. I, 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 it's so funny. I guess I'm siding with the edit here. What is Vi- I mean, Ginger just came for her. What is what is Violet supposed to say to that? I don't. I I mean, here's the thing. But Violet has done that to other people, though. I mean, Violet has like has done. Violet even said. Like the episode before, even called out people for their for their outfits. Mm-hmm. So Violet has called people out for different stuff. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's just stuff that like Violet has always assumed that she she would just wouldn't be called out for stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that this episode was the first time that we saw her like actually like called out for something specific, which was her acting and her dancing, and she was just not ready for it. But hold on for a second. I'm gonna push back again. I feel, I, I think, in other words, I don't think your point is invalid. I think what you're doing is actually very fair. You're say, what, what you're saying is correct. In terms of the competition, Violet has not, she's totally flown under the radar. She's been sort of, uh, you know, like Teflon to the judges, right? But in the workroom, this is actually the first time they have attacked her for something worthwhile. She's been attacked constantly on the show for being a raging cunt. So that in a weird kind of way, maybe this is why she's not that phased. This is the first time where they're actually making like a practical point. So she's like, oh, well, these are not calling me a fucking bitch like they usually do. Yeah. So I can take this. Yeah, I can do. Oh, you're going to, I'm not going to act. All right, whatever. You know? Well, actually reverse. She doesn't take it. She gets, she, I think she's more offended by this than anything anybody said in the workroom. Yeah, but I think she takes it seriously. Anyway. But I I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, don't get me wrong. I, I do think Ginger Minge and Kennedy Davenport probably were going for her. Mm-hmm. I think that part of that is probably true. Um, 
I mean, I also feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I think the Ginger Minj and Kennedy Davenport knew that they probably weren't going to win. Yeah. So no, 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 like, no, no, no. Hold on for a second. We'll get this one we'll to the finale. Ginger legit thought she was going to win. Really? Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in the, we'll See, the finale. If this had been like in the middle of the season, I would have told you, but like, I just, I feel like she just kind of tapered off. We'll talk about but, the finale. But yeah, I mean, I think that they were, I think they were just trying to. Also, I think there's, I think there is a very real distinction that Kennedy and Ginger Minj were trying to do, which was like, which I still don't understand, which maybe you can, you can clear up for me, which they kept saying, and what didn't Kennedy say or Ginger say old school is the right school or something, which it doesn't, I don't know what that means yet. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like Ginger Minj and Kennedy Davenport know what that means. Because I don't well, well, I don't understand what they were trying to do. You with know that. what? That's actually in the next talking point. So the next talking point is now they're in the workroom. All four girls are in the workroom. Okay. And okay. um Pearl and Violet are just hanging out and being friends and showing each other outfits and fooling around in the workroom. Honestly, I think it's kind of cute to see, not because they're cute boys, but because, you know, if you think about it, they've been through this entire run of this season right now here it is the last competition they're the they're among the last girls standing and i think they're just blowing off steam in the workroom right and fooling around and being funny like oh my god almost celebrating they made it this far and ginger and kennedy are working on their wigs they're working on their looks and they're just so fucking bitter and angry at them for what i don't know because they were dancing and fooling around and being funny I, i didn't understand why they were angry and so, now Ginger, I mean, Kennedy, we've seen over the years in this season and her all-star season, she's just a, she's just an angry, <laughs> angry old drag queen, right? Yeah. Here's what's funny. And I don't know if you know this, I'm going to floor you. I think I told you this before, maybe you forgot. Ginger Minj has identified herself with the Bitter Old Lady Brigade, who, which consists of Kennedy Davenport, who I think she lies about her age, but whatever, she claims to be here, like, in her mid to late 30s, okay? Well, uh, 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 what's-her-face? Jasmine really re- uh, says her, her real age. Yeah, she does. You're right. Yeah. So, Mrs. Kasha Davis openly is her mid to late 40s. Um, there was somebody, and Jasmine, who's uh, in her early to mid 40s here. So, they're all legitimately in the drag world, seen as older, okay? But I don't know if you know this. Ginger Minj, when you look at the drag race, her name, she claims to be 29 years old. Does Ginger Minj read as 29 years old? For like the fifth time? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I get like a mid to late 30 cents from her. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so why why would a 29-year-old align herself with the bitter old lady brigade rather than with the young queens? You know, I think there's a. I I, I honestly, this is gonna sound really crazy. Mm-hmm. I think it also has to do with weight. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that Ginger Minge is plus size, I think, means that she probably just knew instantly she wouldn't fit in with the pretty boy crowd. Well, then, so that's gonna answer your question. So when I think, no, I'm not a drag queen expert. I wish Jim. Oh, Jimmy's still. Jimmy, are you still there? Oh no, no, Jimmy's gone. Uh, if Jimmy were still here, he could explain this. But I believe old school drag when there wasn't as much sophistication in the outfits and the makeup and whatnot. Um, Kennedy and Ginger uh, sort of um, exemplify that because 
often it's seen as like matronly. Mrs. Contra Davis has it. You come off as like matronly, motherly, someone's aunt. You know, that's sort of seen as old school drag. Whereas yeah. what Violet was bringing to the table and Pi- and Pearl was is seen as like at the time new drag where it's more couture. They could walk the runway. You know, they yeah. could be they could compete with, you know, cisgendered females uh, on the runway in Paris is sort of what the new school of drag was, especially at that time. And I think that's sort of what they're talking about. Um, what Ginger says is old school drag is the only drag. Um, and That's uh, right. Yeah. So uh, I just think that they're bitter. All right. Moving on. The Tic Tac Lunch. During the Tic Tac Lunch with RuPaul, Kennedy cries over the death of her father and the fact that she has to raise money for... Oh, no. She has to raise a mentally challenged sister by herself, which... It's so funny. I actually wanted to pull this clip, but I want, I didn't want to offend anybody. But she says, I was going to say, please say to what Lori Roggenkamp's brother says. And she said, like, I have an R sister. I have a, a mentally. A mentally R sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Ginger doesn't even talk to her father anymore and uses humor to mask her pain. Violet says she knew what she was going to win when she applied for the show, and Pearl cries about her rough childhood, but doesn't go any further, no matter how hard RuPaul tries. Now, let's. We've already had an in depth talk about this. Which isn't very lunch. hard, to be honest with you. What? Uh, Pearl, Pearl, I honestly feel like if RuPaul had asked, like, even a, a, a little bit, a whiff of a of a uh, question Pearl would have opened up, but RuPaul was like, all right, well, (laughs) so actually now that's your interpretation, but the reception at the time of the show, people were really upset and very offended by RuPaul in this episode. So clearly what you can tell, speaking of producers and whatnot is these Queens have opened up to the producers and this, 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 this episode is such a monumental shift in the entire run of the show, okay? Okay. Based on what we know, by hints Pearl has given in in, in later interviews, and because she tries not to talk about this as much as possible, there is something really awful that happened to Pearl when she was a kid. And I don't even want to begin to speculate what it is, okay? Yeah. We do know, Pearl has said, but I don't think this is what Pearl's talking about so, completely, we do know that when Pearl was actually fairly young, uh, I think early teens, somebody in the Discord might know what the story is, but she w- dated a much older guy and he took advantage of her. Okay? Okay. And um, so... But that's probably not it because she had said that when she was seven, mm-hmm. that that's when stuff would start had started or that's when she was dealing with a lot of stuff. So that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she has never talked about what that is. But people were really grossed up because you can tell maybe Pearl shared it with a producer. Now, here's the other thing. Maybe this is where it came out. I talked about this in the show. This started some rule changes, but Pearl was fucking a producer uh, while they were were sequestered. And so... Oh, you told me that. Yeah, yeah. She was fucking a producer. I don't want to say his name for legal reasons, but I know who the producer... They've talked about who the producer is, but I don't want to say his name. Evan Dagger. His (laughs) name... Billy Roggenkamp. So, um, anyway, she was fucking a producer, and um, 
Maybe she told him, but somehow you can tell RuPaul knows what that is. And he's digging, because RuPaul even says it's so gross. In fact, you know what? I, I'm going to pull back up that Tic Tac lunch, actually. So let me go back there and pull it up, and we'll share the screen again, because you can tell RuPaul knows exactly the information he get he wants, and Pearl is just not going to give it to him. Um, well, I also thought it was interesting that he, he she was like, I want to know what it's like to be you at seven. And mm-hmm. Pearl was like, yeah, seven well, is when it all started. Yeah, because she... <laughs> How did you know that? Exactly, because the producer knows. The producer knows. That's what makes it so fucking gross. It's so gross. And that's, people came down... Because then you can... T- even though they've done it in subsequent seasons, you can tell that they... Um, hold on here for a second. You can tell that... Uh, they changed the entire that, that the reason they brought out those little pictures of those kids was so that they could get to RuPaul. Um, oh, you can do a specific Chrome tab. Okay, I'll keep that in mind for the future. All right, here we go. Let's take a look here at Pearl sitting down with oh, RuPaul. Darling, welcome to lunch. Thank you. Did you really think you'd make it this far? Uh uh-uh. uh. You didn't. <laughs> Have you surprised yourself? I surprised myself coming in here and retreating into my shell. I've never had these moments of like kind of like clamming up. You were ready to tap out at one point. I definitely was hurting, yeah, but I'm all bark and no bite. Listen, this is the thing is that I know your potential and I wanted to see it. And I was feeling that it wasn't there. Now, RuPaul has talked about how she kept Pearl on and didn't kick him off because she thought he was hot and that the fans would like that, which Pearl is smoking hot. What was baby Pearl like? Oh, uh, here we go. Like, what? She's asked this of no other contestant. She's asked this of no other contestant. What was baby Pearl like? Here we go. Also, baby she Pearl. says baby Pearl, and then she says a specific age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she doesn't get the answer she wants. Here, here we go. Yeah. I did say seven years old. <laughs> like, uh, hmm. Seven years old, specifically? Oh, God. You see? When I was seven, you know, I was scared all the time. I was going through some pretty traumatic times. RuPaul's like, bitch, fucking tell me what that is. Tell me what that is and you'll get this crown. It was just mental, emotional, physical, psychological torment every day. That's pretty rough. Uh, you know, when I first met you, I sensed there was something else going on. And it- when the producers handed me a dossier on your whole life. It felt like a traumatic issue to me. Yeah. I'm really not. Th- but he's not going to go there. That's the thing. He's not going to go there. person that opens up a lot. Exactly. So every time I do, it makes the weight feel a little bit more lifted off my shoulders. Boy, oh. All right, we'll, we'll leave it there. Any thoughts there, Laurie? I mean, I guess I see it now. At the time, I kind of felt like she just kind of was just giving him the brush off. But mm-hmm. I guess I kind of see it now as that, like, she was trying to push mm-hmm. a little bit. And it wasn't going forward. I also kind of see, like, in that one, it would be hard to fake it. Mm-hmm. But. Um, all right. I hold firm with the others. <laughs> okay. So, uh, any other thoughts on any other Tic Tac lunches? I mean, we learned that, you know, Kennedy takes care of her. You know, Kennedy has had financial issues since the show. One of the most d- disappointing things to me about this show. And this was proven in season seven. It was proven in All Stars three. Is Kennedy is a fierce, fierce, fierce competitor. She is. Yeah. First, it's widely known she's a great drag queen. 
Yeah. But also totally underrated as a contestant on this show. She went to nearly the finals. Probably could make an argument she should have been in the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. Then in All-Stars 2, she went all the way to the end. I'm sorry, All-Stars 3, she went all the way to the end. And you could make an argument that she should have uh, been a winner there, too. And, um, you know, it's it's one of these things where... <sighs> I think she she's talked about how like you know queens who like uh, could you do me a favor Lori while you're here right now could you go on Instagram and look up Kennedy's Instagram numbers and then I'm gonna look up so while you look up hers I'm gonna look up a lesser queen like I'm gonna look up Blair St. Clair okay Blair St. Clair who only made it halfway through her season now she's gonna be on All Stars 5 but it hasn't aired yet and we don't know how she did on there but I'm gonna look up Blair St. Clair who as far as we know she's a cute twink who only went halfway through her season um uh and um here we go hold on for a second okay I have how many followers she has how many followers does Kennedy Davenport have 254,000 okay so Kennedy Davenport had 254,000 Instagram followers right She's been on All Stars 3, made it all the way to the end. She went on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7, made it nearly all the way to the end. Blair St. Clair made it halfway through. She has 707,000 followers. And that's been one of the big complaints about this show, is the racism of the fan base. Why does Kennedy Davenport not have the same... Now, you might say, you know what, you might make an argument... I'll give you this. You might make an argument that... um. That, you know, Kennedy Davenport, uh, she she was angry and she was bitter, okay? Shea Coulee, who nearly won season nine, and yeah. um, she's also on to be an All-Stars 5. She has more, but not by much. She has 846,000, right? But, yeah. but, but here's the deal. Let me look up Pheromone. Now, Pheromone, who was one of the first ones out... Um, on her all-star season and then only made it about halfway. She has one million followers. Again, a cute white twink. They seem to do well. And people talk, Kennedy's talked about how no one goes to her shows. She can't get booked. It's a really, really awful thing. Now, finally, uh, Violet didn't really share much in her Tic Tac lunch. And uh, Ginger, what did you think of her Tic Tac lunch? I thought, it was, I thought all of this was sad. You know, I thought it was it was sad about her, her dad and... Mm-hmm. I did think it was interesting in the finale. I wonder if they showed her dad does a shout out. I wonder if they showed him her video. Mm-hmm. And he, because he was like, uh, I didn't know that I hurt you. But <laughs> 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 do you think it's because someone just told him, like, hey, your your son, who you never talked to, is going to maybe win $100,000 on this national TV show? Yeah. I don't know. It seemed kind of odd, but it really emotionally affected her. Yeah. Well, I it definitely it reminds me a lot of my family. Oh, really? How where so? it was very guilt. It was like you could tell that he was kind of an asshole because mm-hmm. it was very guilt laden. Mm-hmm. Like it was one of those things where it was like, you know, I don't know how I hurt you, but I know I haven't been the best father, but I've yeah. done my best. Yeah. And you know, I don't know what I could have done, but mm-hmm. you turn, you know, and it was just like. Okay, buddy. Like it was almost like just apologize for the love of God. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, okay, uh, let's move on here. To I agree with you, though. It's very funny. Uh, on the music video, during the music video shoot, Ginger has trouble with her hair and tosses part of it aside. Pearl's wig creeps up on the top of her head and Violet loses an earring. Kennedy performed the best among all the girls, which explains why she went home at the end. That's true. Kennedy, I thought, did the best in the music video, and yet she's like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during a bizarre acting scene, the queens each took turns playing one of three characters while also plugging RuPaul's album, Born Naked. RuPaul was dressed up in old man drag and treated as if he were the caliber of Los Angeles sketch and comedy legend, Laurie Roggenkamp. Laurie, your thoughts here on the music video and the acting sk- scene? <laughs> I know this seems like a weird... Mm-hmm. This seems like a weird thing to be upset about, but... I liked the music. I liked the 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 skits that they did. I thought the characters were funny. Mm-hmm. I I literally audibly said, "Oh fuck you, RuPaul!" And this one moment, and this is gonna seem really dumb, mm-hmm. but it's the moment where Pearl is having a hard time with her teenage oh. character. Uh-huh. Yeah, and RuPaul is talking to her. But will not break character. <laughs> no, she's method, and Lori. I, I was like, oh, fuck you, RuPaul. <laughs> RuPaul like, is method. No, she's she's like uh, Meryl Streep and uh, Ed Norton. You know, she's a yeah, method actor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the classic she, Ed Norton. Yeah, the classic that's Ed what Norton. I, that's what I call Ed Norton is the RuPaul of acting. Christian Bale. Uh, she's like Christian Bale. You know? We, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I I just thought it was so. Oh man, I thought that was so. He, here's one of the so things dumb. on the show, and it's on the level of the welcome with Mrs. Kasha Davis. Is this is coming from someone who used to write music videos? Has been on the set of a lot of music videos. Shit happens. Sometimes your wig falls off. Sometimes your wig hair goes back. Sometimes you lose an earring. Like. Shit is expected to happen. They they make it seem like if you lose an earring or a part of your wig comes off or whatever, that you are the biggest fucking failure. How could you be America's next drag superstar? That's just part yeah. of shit just happens. You, you Sometimes well, also, you make a mistake and they just stop and they do it again. Also, one of the things I don't – I haven't been understanding when they do music videos is like, do they just have a lotted amount of time or a lot amount of – like it's like <laughs> – one of those things and a where small like, amount well, of time I hope too. we have enough takes. Yeah. It's like, get more takes. Yeah. <laughs> when what I've are done, you doing? When I've done like a three-minute music video, it is minimum a 12-hour day. Minimum. Really, yeah. it's like a 16-hour day or maybe goes into the next day. They try not to go into another day. But they will They will start at like 6 in the morning and go to like midnight. They are going to use every minute and for a three-minute, two-minute music video, right? So yeah. with a lot more complicated shots, okay? So – um. They, they, it's like, yeah, 15 minutes, go. And then also on a music video, when you have an entire crew and everything like that, if if something like that happened to Pearl's wig or like the hair piece with the ginger, first of all, they would just stop. They'd be like, cut, cut, yeah. right? And then an entire army of people would come and fix it. Like hair yeah. people, makeup people, boom, 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 let's fix it. Is the hair on right? Blah, 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 blah. In fact, if anything, if anyone would be in trouble, it's the hair people. It wouldn't yeah. be the performer, you know? Also, it's like, because they don't tell you ahead of time, like, hey, it, it would be, I would be fine if they were like, you get this amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes, because sometimes they'll do that. They'll be like, yeah. in other seasons, they've been like, you get 15 minutes mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. which is, to me, is just insane, because mm-hmm. it's like, who gives a shit? Yeah. But, and then also, one of the things that I thought was crazy was that 
everybody, like Kennedy and even Ginger a little bit, were throwing shade mm-hmm. at Pearl for her wig, like just sliding a little bit off her forehead. And I wanted to be like, Kennedy, your friend had her wig fall off. Like her wig fell off. Fell apart, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she just was like, Ginger's eh. wig fell off. Yeah. And Kennedy's like, oh my God. Pearl thinks that she's going to be the next RuPaul's Drag Race star, and her wig is sliding up her head. Um, no. And I wanted, I wish, I wish somebody would have been like a producer would have been like, "What do you think about Ginger's wig falling off?" Yeah, like, Can- Candace Kane is in the is in the little like uh asides going like, "What is it with these new queens and their earrings falling off?" And they're like. Yeah, bitch, that happens. Especially when yeah. they're... And then she goes, we're blowing fans at them and making them dance and stuff like that. Like, shit happens. Like, that's going to happen. Also, it's like, you knew we were having a fan. It's like, yeah, but they don't go in front of fans on a daily basis. It's not yeah. like... It, if somebody told me tomorrow mm-hmm. you are going to be performing in front of a fan, I'd be yeah. like, great, thank you. But I still wouldn't be like, well, now I know what I need to wear. You know, it's like... Well, I would the try point. my best. But that's the thing, too, is I said, we're going to put you in front of a fan. Shit might go wrong. You know why? Because we're blowing a high-powered fan at you. Yeah. You know, So I would expect things to go wrong. Also, here's another question I have. And <laughs> yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like Candace Kane. Yeah. I thought, from the times that I've seen her in acting and stuff, I think she's yeah. talented, right? Okay. But is she like a well-known director in... That's correct. I don't know. No, I don't know about that. People, I know she comes up a lot in the earlier seasons about like legendary choreographer Candace Kane. I'm like, I'll agree that she's a trans icon and all this stuff, but like, yeah. When did we get uh, like that? She's a. I guess maybe she. I don't know. It's so funny because I, mean, I don't they, think that. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Wait, no. Once they get like real money and stuff, like then they start bringing in real choreographers. Um, yeah. I was like, because I was just like, I don't. And then also I felt like her – once again, this at least it wasn't like writing notes down, mm-hmm. like judging and writing notes. But it wasn't really helping. It was more just like telling them what they're do- – you can't believe what they're doing wrong. I can't believe you're not dancing. Mm-hmm. I can't believe your earring fell off. I would If I was one of the drag queens, I would have been like, could use some constructive criticism. Give me some help. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's I think the only thing she helped was when she told Violet Trotsky to glue her earring on. So that was it. I was like, okay, well, thank you, Candace, <laughs> world-renowned music director. World, like, if, <laughs> world-renowned music director, Candace Kane. <laughs> like, no, but like, <clears throat> like one of the things, like one of the things is like other. You, you see other people and like even drag queens, like. They worry about how they're represented, and you mm-hmm. would think that the people who were going on the show as like directors or uh, choreographers would also be worried that people would see them and go like, "Oh, I don't want to hire this person." No, none of them are like that. I look point taken. I agree with you. All right, Laurie. Now it's time for. Do you know what time it is? The looks. The looks. Okay, now again with the magic of Crowdcast, we're gonna actually watch the looks as they happen, Laurie. Um, let's. Uh, oh, wrong thing. I pressed, the, I pressed the wrong button, Laurie. That's the whole thing. We're at work here. So new, newfangled thing here. Uh, I want this. Yes. How how was it working out with the pearl thing, Laurie? Did you like that? When we were watching the pearl. 
Yeah, it right, worked out well. Let's watch the looks here. All right, here we go. So first, the category is best drag. First look is Kennedy Davenport in like a rainbow colored, like a uh, long dress. What are your thoughts here, Lori, on this? I'm going to pause um, it right here. Here's the thing. I think it shows off her shape. Mm-hmm. Wonderfully, yeah. I think it. It. I think the dress itself, the way that it looks, is amazing, and I think her hair is amazing. I. I feel like um, this would be on par to me as tacky as somebody who is Jewish who just wore, wore a giant dreidel onto the, onto the stage, uh-huh. or who like like just people who wear rainbow flags. It's like. You're on a show called RuPaul's Drag Race. We know you're gay. Mm-hmm. Like you don't. I don't think anybody is like. I'm the jury's still out on Kenny Davenport whether or not Kenny Davenport's gay. Yeah. Like it's like. So I just I feel like the colors, maybe more. I think if it had just been all red, I yeah. think it would have been amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I I just definitely I I like like I said I like the shape of this dress the. The fact that it's rainbow colored, I think, was the minus for me. You know, I don't even. Okay, first of all, I, I'm with you. I don't like the 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 ra- rainbow colors here, but I also don't know if I like the shape of. You know, it's one of these things here in terms of the category. Do I hate the overall shape of the dress? No, I'm not a big fan of it, but I don't hate it, right? Uh-huh. But you're going to tell me this is your they your, the category is best drag, and this is what you come down in. Is this this is your best drag? Well. See, overall, I think I, I think we need to just change the 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 word best to last because I don't necessarily feel like everybody did their best. I think they did their the last piece of drag that they That's had. That's a very good point. I think you're right. I think they, they saved it from now. All right, here we go. Move, especially on this, there are a ton of looks on this one. Next is Violet Chachi coming down the runway. She's wearing, like, it looks like almost like a Liza Minnelli cabaret sort of spot. She, I know she mentioned burlesque too, but there's a lot of Liza cabaret style in this too. Very tight corset it's- there. A little frozen, but I I remember this. I like this outfit. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I thought it made a statement. I thought it was a very. I like. I really liked the way she looked. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I feel like Violet Violet biggest skill is being able to know what look to wear and how to walk the runway. And I feel like she does this. Okay, so. yeah. Um, I, I I agree with Michelle. I wouldn't say best drag. I think it looks good. Again, I'm still in the best drag. Like that's her, I, I've seen yeah, fiercer but, looks, but I agree with you. You're right. Last drag, what was left, and she put it together. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. But I will say it does. Cap- before we go to Ginger Minj, it does capture her very well. Though I will say it does. Uh, Violet does love burlesque. I think she thinks fashion forward. It does have, and she's a mix of old and new. And I think it does capture all of that. I just don't know if it's her best drag, but it does capture who she is and what her look is. All right, here we go. Ginger Minj coming down in a very old school drag kind of dress. I mean, you would wear it a pageant. It has like a really almost bird-like fringe from the waist down. And, um, but very, like I said, very pageant, uh, big giant poofy hair. Um, what are your thoughts? Like a big necklace. I love the hair. I love the neck. I love the dress. I feel like the, it really she see Ginger Minge has a shape. I I feel like if Ginger Minge had worn this outfit mm-hmm. to the finale mm-hmm. during her lip sync, I mm-hmm. think she possibly could have won. Really? I feel like the dress she wore at the finale at her lip sync was so unflattering that I feel like it it 
it made it caused points against her in my opinion mm-hmm. but i i think that this dress was was awesome i i actually i really love this dress okay so i i would say this to me is is the one out of all of them that i feel like um is best drag interesting yeah this might be ginger's best drag um but it still is very old school so you have to wonder like i think the the decision here between ginger old school drag and violet new school drag right next to each other we just saw them right you know next to each other finally we have pearl coming down the runway in what she's calling her best drag it's uh a very sheer outfit it's almost like a like a like a greek goddess meets wonder woman kind of thing right yeah yeah, like meets Wonder Woman and then also just got out of the sauna. <laughs> Has a gold bra. I, I should never be describing looks. We need people on here who describe looks. But uh, I think that Pearl, again, um, this is what who Pearl is. I think a lot of them are using, like, who am I in terms of drag? Because when I think of Pearl, I think of this kind of drag. This is this is Pearl to me. Now, maybe she considers that her best drag. But um, are you? do you think it's her best drag? Um, I ne- didn't necessarily think it was her best drag. I honestly feel like if she had lost the the bustier mm-hmm. up top and just had gone with uh just bl- with nothing on her chest, mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been a lot more uh a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I I mean I thought she she looked amazing. Mm-hmm. You know I think the hair I think everything she looks uh, um beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I I don't necessarily feel like this was her best drag. All right, very no. good. Well, Laurie, I'm going to tell you something. Um, there that... was a there was a break in the the commercial for the you know for where they always do like a teaser, mm-hmm. and they have Michelle Visage says, "Don't don't take this as shade, but mm-hmm. is this your? Are you out of drag? Are you out of outfits? Because I feel like I don't feel like this is your best drag." And mm-hmm. I legit thought that they that she was talking to Pearl. Yeah, it was weird, but yeah, she was talking to Violet. Violet Tosh, which right. I was shocked by. Well, so. That's going to do it for the looks. On the main stage, the girls received fairly easy critiques from the judges. RuPaul launched the very first edition of Talking to the Younger Self, and yet another attempt to get Pearl to break down in tears to no avail. And finally, all four queens lip-synced one last time to RuPaul's Born Naked. In the end, Kennedy was asked to sashay away, leaving Ginger, Pearl, and Violet in the final three, heading into the reunion. Lori, any final thoughts on the episode? I I think I said last episode or the episode before that I haven't been really um, like liking RuPaul's outfits. I love this outfit. In fact, I feel like it's reminiscent of the outfit she wore in AJ and the Queen when we first saw her in mm-hmm. AJ and the Queen. Yeah. But I, I really like this outfit. But so I will say that. And then also... Um, I don't know. I feel like, again, I feel like they kind of produced it to make kennedy go home i don't necessarily feel like she should have gone home yeah i don't know if she should have gone home i probably would have sent pearl home to be honest with you i would have sent pearl home i mean to be honest if we're just going this episode and this episode alone Mm -hmm. i would have sent violet home no i think i still would have sent pearl home i thought violet was fine in the acting challenge go ahead this episode and this episode alone Violet did not do as well as Pearl in the on acting the, challenge. And the music video, too. The she music didn't do as can... well as anybody in the music video. Michelle Visage critiqued her outfit. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in this episode, this episode alone, I think Violet would have gone home. All right. Okay. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Hmm. All right. Uh, I don't really have any final thoughts in the episode. Again, the problem when you get to this point in the season 
is there isn't much storyline. There's not much to critique. They, they do a lot no. of shady editing because they have to just to build a story, not even to like set you up for the winner. But they have to build up the winner. They they have to make a hero edit for the winner. They have to um, uh, do all sorts of drama to make it seem like there's more content than there really is. But the truth of the matter is, there's really not much content. So there's not much to analyze, even though we've done a pretty good job because of your wacky conspiracy theory. That said. Let's talk, speaking of a lot of wasted time and no content, let's talk about the finale, season seven finale. What did you, what were your thoughts on it, Lori? Um, you know, I, I thought, I thought that it was 30 minutes too long. I thought they could have cut a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, that's with all reality award shows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's. Preaching the choir. Oh, sorry. Can we talk about... I totally forgot to... I even wrote notes. Oh, you wanted me to, to talk about pageant girls. Is that something you wanted to... No, we talked about, about it. We talked about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wrote a note, and mm-hmm. I didn't even look at it. My, my favorite part... I feel bad for Kennedy, but also I want to make fun of her a little bit for yeah. it. When she's doing the whole speech about... Violet Chachki, and yes. she says that she doesn't condone, condone. herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I just started laughing really hard. And you could tell, and I felt so bad for her, but you could tell she knew she was using the wrong word, but she couldn't think of the right word, and she doubled down on condone. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I legit, I applaud her for that. So what word was, what word was she try- what word was she trying to do, Lori? Conduct. She was. She was trying to say the word conduct. She said condone. Um, okay, so yes, and that comes up obviously in the finale when um, I think Mimi and first brings it up to her, right? Or is it somebody else? Oh, um, I forgot. Anyway, what, what, so what were your thoughts in the finale? So, it, you oh, know, so, yeah. I thought it was sweet. There were some, you know, I, I mean, it was a finale, so I thought it was sweet. I thought there were some moments. I did think it was a little weird the way that they did the lip syncs because I felt like the lip syncs were like, very well produced and like put on mm-hmm. to where it seemed more like it was a production of RuPaul's Drag Race rather yeah. than the drag queens picking the songs and doing it. If yes. that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that that's um, it was something they started doing that year, and they did it season eight too. And then 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 they went they shifted over to the lip sync for the crown. You know, um, so I went to this finale, and I, I wish I could find my notes. I know I have them somewhere on the notes that I took, but some things that I remember are that uh, – so one thing you should know, Laurie, it, 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 I'm glad they moved on to a new version of the finale. This version of the finale would take forever to shoot. It took like six or seven hours because everything that you see that's in 10 seconds was like literally five to ten minutes. So like each queen got nominated, got interviewed for a very long time, even on the panel when they have all the old queens and they would use very little of it, but they would interview them for so long. And there'd be so many questions from the audience. It was it would take forever. Was RuPaul there? RuPaul was there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh I remember thinking that Ginger seemed very overly produced. When she was doing her bit, like I remember with the crying thing, like it was too much. Like you were like, okay, calm down with the crying, right? Okay. And it seemed very like she was trying to win the crown through trying, like uh, appealing to emotion. 
Uh-huh. Uh huh. I remember during the commercial breaks, Pearl was very, very friendly and engaging with the audience. She would, she would like wave at them and blow kisses and stuff like that, where the other queens really didn't. Um, uh, then, so uh, one of the things I've talked about before is when they remember when they were doing the panel. Oh, oh here's another thing. This is a, a perfect season to talk about this. It's always frustrated me with every finale that they do. By the way. They do this thing where they flatten all the applause so that it seems like all the queens get the same amount of applause. They might raise it for the final three, and they definitely okay. raise the volume for the for RuPaul. Okay. But there are obviously popular girls in each season, ones who aren't so popular. Like notoriously, I remember um, there was the season the Vixen was on. Like, oh no, no, uh, yeah, that Vixen. Where, Alexis Michelle, no, Alexis Michelle. The season Alexis Michelle was on, she got like almost no applause, but they put in fake applause, right? Oh, Whereas okay. Valentina brought the house down, same season, season nine. And they, but they make okay. it seem like she got this, they make it seem like Valentina got the same applause as Alexis Michelle, which was not the case. This oh. season is a perfect example where when Katya came out, the roar of the crowd was deafening. Like, it went on for so long and so loud, and she was so emotional about it, but they made it Aww. seem like she got the same amount of applause as all the other queens, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I remember that. I remember when they were interviewing Kennedy, there was a moment when Jasmine left, Jasmine whispered something in Kennedy's ear. And so RuPaul asked her, this didn't make it to the air, RuPaul asked her, what did, Ken, what did Jasmine whisper in your ear? And Kennedy was like dancing around the question and wouldn't answer it and like was being really Wait, weird. Wait, was this when was this when Jasmine leaves on the show? Yeah, when Jasmine or when left she on the left sh- the finale stage. No, when she left on the show. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. And Kennedy she kept trying to ask the question and RuPaul would be like, "Okay, let's do this again. You know, I'm going to ask you Kennedy. I'm going to ask you what did Jasmine say?" And she just wouldn't answer. And so finally, RuPaul got really angry. In fact, it's probably the angriest I've ever seen RuPaul in a finale, ever, in all my years. In fact, the entire season seven finale, RuPaul was really angry. Ever since, especially the, the lip sync for The Crown, she's always been in a really good mood, maybe because they're shorter and they move faster. But during yeah. season seven and season eight and six, she was always really angry. But the angriest I've ever seen her was season seven. And at this moment... Where Kennedy just wouldn't answer, so, so RuPaul goes. How would she answer? Would she just? I don't say, remember. Like, oh. She would. She would just give like these, like, well, I don't know, blah 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 blah, right? And finally, RuPaul goes, "You know what? Fuck it, bitch. I know how to do this. Hold on." And then so she turned and she asked Jasmine. She said, "Jasmine, what did you whisper in Kennedy's ear?" And then Jasmine said, "She just. She goes. I, she, I told her like, you know, you know, get rid of all these bitches or something." And and that was it. And then during the commercial break, Kennedy, she's still on mic apologized to RuPaul and said, I'm so sorry. And she made up an excuse that her, now she did have very big earrings, but that she wasn't hearing RuPaul correctly because of her earrings. And RuPaul just wanted nothing to do with Kennedy. It was just like, whatever, bitch, I'm done with you. And um, then the big thing I always talk about was, so I, we record, you know, they record the finale two weeks before the actual finale airs. So I went on the original season seven when we recorded, I went on the show and I said, guys, I think the show is playing a deep game. Here's why. I don't know if you know this, Lori, but they film. Oh, you know, you went to the finale, so you know. Yeah. They they film a different ending for each queen. So they'll show Pearl yeah. winning, they'll show Violet winning, they show Ginger winning. And I said, 
guys, I think they're playing a deep game. Because it's true. On season seven, and I don't, I don't know if this was a mistake. I still to this day don't know. And if, if you told me the conspiracy was that they made a mistake, and so therefore that's why Violet had to win, I would believe it. When they did the finale for Pearl and when they did the finale for Ginger, she announced them as the winners, but there was none of the whole, like, all right, and if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here, right? They didn't yeah. do any of that. They just walked down the runway, and then that was it. And then okay. when they, when they did Violet, they literally did the whole the cast comes out. She said, "Now if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here?" And everyone cheered, "Amen!" And this and that. And I said, "I think they're trying to trick us because they only did it for Violet." I mean, if you if you were there live, you were like, "They only did the whole ending for Violet," and it turned out either one of two things happened: they knew Violet was going to win, they're like, "Fuck it," or I think it could you could make an argument. That they made a legitimate mistake and forgot to film it and let the audience go home and maybe didn't find out until editing that they had done this. And they were like, we have to give it. The- well, there's no other way we can film this ending. I think that I think it's probably the first one in that. I mean, would it have taken a longer time to reset to do if you did all that stuff? Well, well, they did it a year or two. No, I think when Evan was here, when Evan was here, they had to redo um, she had forgotten to say, uh, can I get an amen? Or it got, no, no, it got, it, her mic wasn't working or something. So they had to redo the entire, they did, uh, I think, I can't remember who it was, but they redid somebody's entire finale all over again because she hadn't said it. Yeah. So, so I think she probably just like was like, ah, eh, fuck it. I just yeah. Didn't say it. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe they didn't realize that they were tipping their hand. So I left thinking like they made it too obvious that Violet won. This must be a deep game. Right? So, uh, other than that, those were the only real stories. If I find my notes, I'll tell them on some future episode. But, um, yeah, that was it. Any other thoughts? See, that's why... I think that's why... One of the reasons why Kennedy isn't as famous as she is is she's just squirrely. She's Mm -hmm. not... I don't think she's... She's, um... I don't think she's as fun to get along with as... as, Well, no, I... I think she's an amazing performer. uh But she's just so squirrely, you know? I, I, I do think that, um... Uh, there is a a bit of racism, though. But I don't think she's a very negative person. I think people don't like it. Whatever. But racism from RuPaul? RuPaul's black, though. Do you think that she's being racist towards Kennedy? No, no, no. Racism in the fan base. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Obviously. But also, I think it's ageist, too. I think that, you know, people just want to see the young, hot... Yeah, you that's know, true. drag queen. That's true. So she's working at both ends, but yeah, you're right. I that's mean, a good point. But I mean, also, again, I think that Kennedy doesn't help herself by being so squirrely. That's so. true too. Any other final thoughts, Lori? We're wrapping up this season. <laughs> uh, so I, none of the spoilers. Mm-hmm. I watched. I looked up nothing. But you guys kept, for some reason, insisting on telling me spoilers. Throughout the entire, I'm season. not buying into this, Laura. I know you. I know you went into I the spoilers. I you even said to, the first I episode. Swear. You said on the first episode, you go. Star already told me Violet won. I did not say that. I said, I said. Okay, first off, I said that Star told me that's that Violet. I forgot what I said. No, she said. But you said, I, is that the season with Violet Chachki? And you said, I think Violet won because she said that. Yeah, but Star told me. That's what I'm saying. You guys kept telling me spoilers. I didn't look up any spoilers, and you guys kept telling me spoilers. 
And I'm just saying that. So this proves to me that I can go without spoilers, but people can't go without spoiling things. So my opinion is I'm just going to keep on looking up spoilers. And then that way I can be the one to spoil it for me and not have other people spoil it for me. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this season of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7. Special thanks to Lori Roggenkamp and to the exclusive tier supporters at Patreon who made this entire season possible. So, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself... Sashay away until next week. No, not next week. Sashay away. Oh, okay. Sashay away! Oh, by the way, everyone needs to know that this Jeffrey Thunderbear needs you to know that he contributed to this. Jeffrey Thunderbear. Oh, my God. (laughs) Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. Our Instagram account is managed by Stephen Starling. If you want access to more Drag Race content and other Afterthought Media shows, support us at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at PickleMyth. Follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This podcast was made possible by the following exclusive tier Patreon supporters. Nicholas Springham, Katie Whitmire, April Pacheco, Dean UK, Melissa Payton, Nikki Baker, Devin McKay, The State of Bree, Robert NYC, Rachel J, AJ Norris, Richard C, Common Cool, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Luke Stamen, Sermet Smith, Travis Potter, Jesse Harris, John J, Jimmy Kilbasa, Pedro SF, Ginger Biscuit, Jesse Lozano, Parker Elliott, Lauren Eckert, Haley Sklans and her mom, and Jordan Darling. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. John Jeffrey Thunderbear. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>